We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, it's a Friday. We are back. It's it's good to see you. How was your Christmas? Absolutely fantastic. Super great to be back. Happy New Year's Eve to everybody out there. Uh, hopefully, you know, you're listening to this and, and dreaming about Sunday and, and that matchup against the Vikings. I, I just want to say this week has been incredibly long. Right. Like last week we were talking about how like we sort of teleported into Thursday evening slash Friday. Yeah. And uh, this week with no extra football on Monday or Tuesday and then also not, not having a Thursday night game for the first yes. time this season. Yeah. Uh, it has seemed like an extra long stretch. So uh, best of luck to any of you who, who might be, you know, going into a fantasy football championship. And certainly we have a whole heck of a lot to root for this Sunday for the Packers and also for seeding. So exciting times. Yeah, we do. It's a lot of fun football season. It, it's really hard to believe we are already towards the end. It just always flies by. But yeah, it's good to be here. Lots on the line, as Andrew said, and no better way to do it than with a couple divisional matchups here at the end. So we'll get into that a little bit more. But today we got some some freaking fun news, man. I don't think we knew that this was going to happen. I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, I think if you had said, you know, we finally got the news on David Bakhtiari. We finally got uh, the news that, you know, we're going to get Jair here. Obviously, he's looking like that. that's going to happen in maybe the future. We can be hopeful about that. But the name that I think no one really expected popped up today, and that's Randall Cobb. The man was at practice four weeks ago. He had surgery um, on his core muscles, right, uh, early December. This is a surgery that takes eight weeks to recover is what they expect. And the man is out there practicing, looking like he's going to make a comeback. I don't think it's realistic to think he's going to be out there on Sunday or maybe even for that Lions game the final week. But this man, he may play in the playoffs with his football team, and that's a big deal. How are you feeling about Randall Cobb being out there? Yeah, certainly. I, I've I've 
admitted before I was wrong about the impact that Kyle was going to make on this team. I, I didn't think he'd be as big of a deal as he has been. And, you know, Rodgers has been just as good since Cobb has been out, maybe even a little bit better. But having that reliable target in the playoffs, you know, if Randall Cobb catches two crucial third down catches that that maybe, you know, somebody like Lazard or ESB or or somebody else on the team you know, he might not have the trust in, that's going to be a really big deal. And yeah. so that eight-week timeline you're talking about, you know, if you factor in maybe he doesn't play the next two weeks, if the Packers get a bye, yeah. that puts him at eight weeks for what would be the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. So um, that could be a really, really good opportunity to get him back in there. Obviously, you know, we're really hoping that this is going to be the first of a, a chain of good news for the Green Bay Packers and yes. getting some players back. But, uh, you know, at, at least there's something to be optimistic about on the injury front. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a big deal. You're right. Continuity is huge. And getting that other target for Aaron Rodgers is a big, big deal. And a late Christmas present, I think, for Packers fans everywhere. But we are back today for one more round of our key matchups and X-Factors. As always, we're going to take some time and dive deep into the Packers' upcoming opponent, their roster, and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in that football game. And then, of course, uh, we share our X-Factor predictions for uh, the coming week. So we'll do that at the end of the show. But it's week 17. Week 16, like we said, was fun. We got a drama-filled Christmas Day game. Hopefully everybody got to lay back and watch that. Uh, The Packers still control their own destiny on their path to that number one seed in the NFC. But they got to finish strong here. They got these two divisional games left on the schedule. And that does start with Minnesota coming to town this week. So, Andrew, let's help the people uh, get ready for the Minnesota Vikings with these key matchups for this week. Yeah, my first matchup is going to be Yash Nyman and Dennis Kelly against the Vikings edge rushers. So we know Daniil Hunter is on the IR and Everson Griffin is dealing with some personal issues and not on the team right now. So that leaves the cupboard pretty bare for Minnesota to generate edge pass rush. Zimmer is going to throw somebody like Sheldon Richardson on the outside at times. Um, But DJ Wanham has had a lot of snaps this season and has been pretty awful if you trust pro football focus. Kenny Willicks, uh, Patrick Jones II are some other names, and they're going to get some snaps, but neither of them has been really impactful at all this season. What we know is there are going to be times, or there I should say there have been times when the Packers offensive line has struggled with communication against the double A-gap pressure looks. And communication is going to be critical uh, because the Vikings aren't going to generate much pressure in one-on-one matchups against Nyman and Kelly. And, like, seriously, imagine me saying that at the beginning of the year. The, right. <laughs> the Vikings are not going to be able to generate pressure against Nyman and <laughs> Kelly one-on-one. Ugh. Totally uh, But it. But if they can cause confusion up front, they can get Rodgers, get to Rodgers and disrupt Packers drives enough to slow this offense down. So I think in addition, I think the key matchup is the the tackles being able to hold up against the edge rushers. But then in addition, I think that interior communication and making sure that they're passing off the right players to Nyman and Kelly Mm -hmm. is going to be really, really important as well. Of course, if the Vikings want to send six, please go ahead and do that. Aaron Rodgers will destroy you. So uh, we know Mike Zimmer has really thrived on that four and five man pressure when they are generating, 
you know, confusion amongst the offense, and specifically when he has the talent that he normally does, like Daniil Hunter or Everson Griffin out there, and then being able to isolate those players in one-on-one matchups against the tackles. But he's not really going to be able to do that. So if the Packers can communicate pre-snap who's got who, and Rodgers can figure out who's coming, they are going to have a lot of success against the yeah. defense. This is going to be a fun one, and I like the way you laid that out because it is one of those things where moving parts can complicate things and protections and those kinds of things. But this does look like an opportunity for the Packers to get a big win on the field uh, with that protection and maybe a game against the Vikings where you wouldn't expect that. Um, And if that happens, you're going to get some of those slower developing and deeper shots. And we'll talk about those opportunities a little bit later in the show, I think, as we talked pre-show. But um, I'm going to talk about the Packers' defensive line versus the Vikings' offensive line here uh we saw just how badly green bay needs kenny clark just a few weeks ago when he missed some time with covid and it's been a few weeks in a row where the run defense has been a bit shaky and now it sounds like the pack might be without tyler lancaster he's dealing with that back injury that has him on the report and kingsley kiki is now on the covid list after being a healthy scratch last week so this packers defensive line isn't exactly getting a bunch of help to try to get back out of this funk of not being able to stop the run and the vikings have been able to run block pretty effectively as of late guys across this offensive line for minnesota including rookie christian derisaw have been playing really, really well. So I can't wait to watch these units match up because Dalvin Cook running free is the recipe for disaster for the Packers, and they need this defensive line to step up. They need to get right, and getting back to being the unit that we saw earlier in the year when they were able to slow down the run, we need that to start this week on Sunday against this Vikings team and Dalvin Cook. So my second key matchup is going to be the Packers wide receivers against the Vikings cornerbacks. And I think it is fair to say this group of Viking cornerbacks is bad. And bad might actually be giving them too much credit. Cameron Dantzler is having a pretty solid season. Pro Football Focus has him rated as the 23rd best cornerback in the league. Meanwhile, Patrick Peterson is second at 57th. But... Really, if you look at those numbers, that means they have a number one who is in the bottom nine of the, you know, quote unquote, number one cornerbacks in the league and the number two who's in the bottom five. So that's not great coming from your starters. And Chris Boyd and Mackenzie Alexander have been absolutely brutal. So this is a really poorly ranked unit. The Vikings have given up the six most passing yards in the league and the eighth most passing touchdowns. So statistically also kind of backs up the performance indicators by pro football focus. Also, side note, they've given up the fifth most rushing yards in the league. So that may be an explanation as to why Mike Zimmer is on the hot seat. Uh, those two things combined, not good. Uh, we, we know Devonte should absolutely feast on his matchup, but I also like the looks for all the secondary players. MVS, Lazard, St. Brown, Winfrey, whoever happens to be on the field in the rotation the Packers throw out there at wide receiver should have some opportunities with the focus that you would think Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods, Cam Bynum, the Viking safeties are going to have towards Adams on most plays. So I think there's going to be some exciting opportunities, and the Packers should win that matchup, assuming the protection up front holds uh, going back to my first key matchup. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'm glad you identified that. And it really is so interesting to see. I mean, you talk about why Coach Zimmer's on the hot seat, but how personnel shifts and how a defense can go from being so good and so respected to 
really so vulnerable, I guess might be the best word in just a couple of seasons. And man, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Vikings do proceed uh, once we get to the off season with those personnel decisions and coaching changes potentially. But uh, Justin Jefferson versus Eric Stokes, okay, is my is my next one here. And usually we try to stay balanced. We try to pick one offensive and one defensive matchup. But today, my attention must just be when the Packers are on defense. I guess I'm focused in there. Uh, but when you go back and you watch the Packers match up with this Vikings team from Week 11, Jefferson absolutely, he has a huge stat line, right? He has eight for 169 and two touchdowns in that game. If you rewatch it, you see just how big of an impact Adam Thielen had, though, at the same time, right? Multiple game-changing plays for Thielen in that game. Uh, some big conversions, a late catch to get them down into field goal range to win it. Um, of course, we know Thielen is now on IR, right? So the Vikings are without him. Jefferson is the show, uh, but that's going to allow the Packers to really focus their coverage more on number 18, and I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm hopeful that Stokes in his second round with Jefferson will be able to hang a little bit better, especially if the Packers are able to give him more help from the safeties and those kinds of things. Uh, if that coverage is able to hold up between Stokes and Jefferson, I think that will mean Cousins is trying to fit the ball into other receivers. Um, some Osborne getting some guys, maybe getting it out to Conklin, those kinds of things. But if he's trying to get it to his other wide receivers, Rasul Douglas will be lurking there. And we know what happens when you throw near Douglas. He's just been a freak, continues to make plays. And so I'm excited for this second round, Justin Jefferson matching up with Eric Stokes. And I think the Packers will fare better this time with that matchup. But do you have something you want to throw in there? No, I was just going to make sure we transitioned into X-Factors. Were you not trusting me to do that? I I never trust you to remember that you have to continue. <laughs> so That's that's fair. I just thought maybe we wouldn't want to talk about our X-Factors this week. Um, I don't know that I want to. We don't need to talk about last week's. No, we won't talk about last week's. This, last week was, we just we burned the tape on last week's X-Factors, Andrew. That's what we're going to do. But, okay, so <laughs> we're here. We've arrived at our X-Factors for this week, not speaking of what we did last week, um, you ready to jump in here and talk about uh, what you got going this week? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll fine. You know, we'll fess up to this. I had Chris we'll Barnes as my X-Factor last week, and I feel like he was an X-Factor just kind of in a negative way uh, as the Packers' front six, seven got obliterated by the Cleveland sure. Browns. Uh, but anyways, I'm going to go with... 
a, a real cheating response this week, and I'm going to pick Rashawn Gary. And nice. I, I know this absolutely violates to the core who <laughs> we have considered to be qualified as an X Factor, but I think Gary is going to have a monster game. You mentioned Christian Derrissaw, and yes, he is playing well for a rookie. Um, and Brian O'Neill, uh, along with him, they're fine tackles. But Rashawn is playing on a completely other level right now. Remember, Kirk Cousins tried to throw interception after interception in their first matchup, and the Packers just didn't want to catch any of them. And so many of those terrible throws were caused by pressure in his face and off the edge, and I really think the Packers are going to be able to recreate that on Sunday night. And it starts with Rashawn. Now, we just need to figure out how to get the Packers' defensive backs to just catch the ball. That's it. No, it's not a big deal, right? And maybe uh, Rasul Douglas can do some tutoring uh, this week and get everybody up to speed. Um, <clears throat> Eric Stokes. But I uh, love Eric Stokes, but we just got to get those those hands doing what those hands are supposed to do, catch the ball. Um, hey, so I will go back here a little bit, and I will I will graciously admit Jawan Winfrey was my call from last week. We'll bring it up. And the man didn't exactly show up the way that I thought he was going to, okay? He did have the one target. I believe it was a lone target on a very controversial, coulda, shoulda, woulda been maybe catch that wasn't overturned in his favor. But uh, didn't see that uptick in volume like I thought, but still looked good in that number 88. So let's focus on the positives, right? Okay, so I think we're both going to play it a little bit safer this week. We got a little bit uh, confident, and we went deep into the roster last week. We're, we're playing a little bit closer to the vest this week. I've got MVS here, all right? Um, I feel like we've picked MVS a couple times this year, but I'm going to allow myself to do it again here. In week 11 against these Vikings, we talked about how bad that secondary was going to be in that matchup ahead of that game. And it's exactly what you saw on the field. Devontae scored twice. MVS got loose a couple times for big plays in that game. And I think it happens again on Sunday. MVS is just back from the COVID list. And I'll be honest, I have no idea how that's affecting his health. Obviously, that's a big deal. That's going to be something to monitor. Uh, but... This is a juicy setup for someone like MVS. Patrick Peterson, Mackenzie Alexander, Cameron Dantzler, are those are your corners, right? Andrew talked about those guys. They're pretty much as, ban- as, they're as bad as Andrew suggested. Andrew mentioned that Dantzler has really respectable grades from PFF and that he's kind of the exception in the secondary. But even his grades are pretty inflated by some amazing grades that he's getting defending the run. And... Just for those of you at home, defending the run is different than coverage, right? So his coverage grade is really, really bad. So if this is true, this cornerback, it's 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 not a group that teams are going to want to trot out across the league. Ideally, these guys are corners that should probably be preferred backups on other teams. Uh, and then, of course, to make things worse, we have Harrison Smith. He's dealing with a foot and a shoulder injury. So the corners may not get the help that they need over the top. So all that to say, I'm taking the easy and obvious route here this week, and I'm pounding the table for MVS to go off on Sunday. Yeah, I really like that pick. Obviously, you know, both of us were, were kind of on the same page or we picking out uh, my key matchup, your X Factor. And I, <laughs> I think it makes all the sense in the world uh, for MVS to get loose a couple times and have some some big ones in this game. So we always like to wrap the show up by talking about, you know, what what 
could go right, what could go wrong, what what are going to be the things um, that would lead to the Packers victory we're all hoping for, or what could be the thing that we're saying, wow, that was the real uh, weakness that ended up costing the Packers the game um, in in what is obviously these last two so critically important to really just kind of cash in on all of the work that they've done throughout this regular season, everything they've overcome. You just got to win the next two. I mean, I guess preferably you'd have the Cardinals beat the Cowboys and you'd win uh, this week and then you can rest all your starters in week 18. But (laughs) for now, what we're focused on, just win the last two games. And so do you see a way that the Vikings could get the series sweep against the Packers um, this year? I do. And that's the scary reality. I, I mean, we we like to paint things in the Packers' favor. We don't do it on purpose, but I think we approach this as fans, right? But this is a team that's that's kind of scary right now, right? Because the Vikings have not technically been eliminated from the playoffs, right? If they win out, um, I saw earlier that it looks like uh, there's a 65% chance that they would make the playoffs if they are able to win out, right? So these games matter to them. There's a chance that they get in. Dalvin Cook. Obviously scary. We don't know exactly what condition he's in, but I think he's going to come to play. I think the Packers have to be ready for that. And then this is the Vikings Super Bowl. Even if they don't win, I know that Vikings like to hang those banners, right? Even if they don't get into the playoffs, beating the Packers twice in one season for them would be a big, big deal. So I don't think you can feel like this is going to be a Vikings team that's coming in here to coast, that's not going to want to play in the cold weather. I think they're going to show up to play, and the Packers have to come with that mentality that this is a game that they're going to have to take, even at home, uh, so that they don't let this one slip away. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I think you're you're onto it, right? This is a bad Vikings team, but they, they still have a lot to play for. The, yeah. the playoffs won. Zimmer's coaching for his job, or at least he thinks he is. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think, always feels like he has a lot to prove against the Packers and against Aaron Rodgers. I think Justin Jefferson always up for, uh, you know, having gigantic games. Yeah. This, this offense very similar to the Cleveland Browns um, with a little bit better passing attack. And so, you know, you, you have that, the the potential for Delvin Cook to get loose. It is going to be frigidly cold. They're talking single digits, maybe yeah. down to zero on Sunday night. And so that plays a role. And I think it is a little naive to assume the Vikings, just because they play in a dome, um, are a warm weather team and they're soft. Sometimes the Packers can come across that way. And so, you know, I, I think it's been a very mild winter. And so there are going to be some players that this is going to be a really big shock. It's still not that cold in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's going to take a dip and that's going to be a hard thing for them to adjust to as well. Yeah. Um, do I think the Packers are better across the board than the Vikings? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but some things that I think could get really scary if there's pass rush pressure on Rodgers, that can stall a ton of drives, and that is going to create situations where the Packers' offense isn't on the field and the Vikings' offense is. More <laughs> running leads to yeah. you know bigger chances of breaking big plays. But in addition to that, I think you know eventually wearing this team down, which is pretty thin on the defensive line right now and coming off of a pretty poor run defense performance, I think not getting the running game going is going to be a, a really big deal. Um, you know, for the Vikings, stopping the run, if they can, is going to be really 
uh, advantageous and putting the Packers in obvious passing situation. So, you know, for me, I'm really focused on that matchup, Packers offense, Vikings defense. And obviously that's what I talked about um, there. But then, you know, the Packers have shown that at times, even though they know only one player is going to be the focal point of the offense, a la Justin Jefferson, they have had an inability to stop that. I should say the focal point in the passing game. Um, Mark Andrews comes to mind, right? And and just like not putting in enough resources into stopping the one guy who can beat you. And so that's Justin Jefferson. You know, we, we're not expecting Jair back. So it, it'll be fun for Eric Stokes, but hopefully he has some help over the top as well and, and preventing that. So, yeah, I mean, all of those things that you mentioned, Delvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, I think the Vikings getting the running game going. I think the Vikings generating some pass rush. Those are all bad things um, that that could that could tilt this game. That being said, the Packers outplayed the Vikings in the first game. I, I will hear none of it that they didn't. They dropped the interceptions that should have won them the game. They're now at home. They're in a, a climate that should be an advantage for them. They are, I, I would say, even playing a little bit better than they were there. They're better in close games. They're the better team. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely think the Packers play their game. They win this one. But there are avenues that, of course, could leave us real disappointed by the end of Sunday. Anything else you wanted to add? Oh, you're muted. Great podcast content when your co-host is muted. <laughs> I thought we were done with the show, and then I decided to ask you a question. Oh, well, that's all right. Ask well, me a question. Welcome back to me. Sorry, everyone. Um, I was going to ask you, who do you think gets more carries on Sunday? Is it Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon? I'm just curious your thoughts. Ooh, 50-50 split. It's going to be close, no, right? I, yeah, I, absolutely. And and I think, you know, this, one of the things, yeah, Aaron Jones' injury obviously had a lot to do with the fact that the carries are so even. But I really thought that that was in the plan the whole whole time that Matt LaFleur was looking at making sure that Aaron Jones was going to be as fresh as possible going into the postseason and really splitting those carries up. Uh, and I, I truly believe that if Kylan Hill had stayed healthy, they would have tried to incorporate him in some of this action yeah, as yeah. well to just make sure that everybody's fresh going into the playoffs in, in the running game. Cause that is so critically important to this offense. So I would say it'll probably be relatively even if, if I had to hedge my bets, I'd say Dylan probably gets a few more carries. I think this is his kind of weather. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm hoping the Packers have a lead and, and that yeah. leads to a, a little bit more of the Dylan drives. Yeah. I'm interested just because hearing you talk earlier, you talked about how bad this, Vikings defense has been in stopping the run and you combine that with the cold weather you combine that with how hard someone like AJ Dillon is to tackle and then you add in the weather and just like if you can fatigue a defense early with that kind of physicality that that would take to keep up with um, I was just you know thinking on the spot here that I think that this could be a big AJ Dillon game and it could be a lot of fun so watch for 28 that's a little bonus I'm excited yeah. And I mean, you know, obviously not all of our listeners live in areas where they have to deal with cold weather, but like when it's cold outside, it's harder to breathe. 
yeah. every hit you take is so much worse. Like, yeah. you know, I feel like every 10 degrees of drops just amplifies how hard it is to do, like to grab another human being and tear them to the ground. And then you're talking about like a 240 plus pound gigantic human being with right. all that force coming yeah, at you. Yeah. And you're going to stick your nose in his chest and try to bring him to the ground like that that doesn't work that often so you know i'm I'm hoping we see a lot of aj dylan but i love when they get dylan going Mm -hmm. and then they can counter and you throw aaron jones in and the defense is just worn down and all of a sudden they're a step slow and then jones breaks the big one yeah so it's a good combo that that thunder and lightning thing was hard for me to understand when i was younger and I, I get it now, right? Like the, yeah. the Tiki Barber and Brandon Jacobs thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 a lot of fun for Green Bay to have their own version of the Thunder yeah, and Lightning. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Absolutely. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. Next week, we'll be back getting ready for the Packers' Week 18 regular season finale against the Detroit Lions. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.